you beautiful people out there in podcast land, my name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. Oh, I am Isaac McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and term, try to determine, wow, words, where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. And what film are we watching this week, French Zach McCoy? <laughs> we are watching Le Balloon Rouge, or The Red Balloon. Which is about a young boy who finds a balloon that seems to have a mind of its own. What does it know? What does it want? Indeed, what does it want? And does it know if they all float down here? Thanks. So everybody's <laughs> first time watching La Balloon Rouge. Yes. No. I'm ashamed to say yes. Zach, when oh. was your first time watching La Balloon Rouge? Only two years ago, during our Best Picture run, when I saw it was a, a notable film from that year. And you're like, oh, it's only 30 minutes? Sure. Yeah, and it's rated G. I can watch it any time of day. There you go. All right. Yes. Well, let's go into an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. All right. Bass. Screenplay hyphen original. We're back. Hooray. We're back on track. No more story and screenplay. Is this it forever? Yeah, I think we stay on track from here. Nice. Dun, 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 dun. All right, so, but there's still a best story Oscar, so that's interesting. Uh, so, The Red Balloon wins best original screenplay, giving Albert La Maurice, La Marie, I don't know how to pronounce that. I didn't La take Marie. French, so I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, given given Al- Albert an Academy Award. He beats out The Brave and the Bold, written by Robert Lewin. Julie, written by Andrew L. Stone. The Lady Killers, written by William Rose. And Lestrada, written by Federico Fellini and Tio Pinelli. Tulio Pinelli? That probably Fellini and Pinelli aren't turned into wise, so that's probably Tulio. I concur. Thank you. Thank you for your, your input. I've Catch me if there. you can. And uh that's it. This that's is it. a short film. The only short film to ever win this award. So sorry, Jonathan, no more 35 minute. God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, 100 percenter. All right. All right. Well, All right. Let's talk about this movie. Let's. Let's. Let's hear Paul gush all over this fucking movie. Did you see my five-star review on Letterboxd? I didn't. I just assumed that <laughs> <laughs> Paul's going to gush all over this fucking movie. It's fine. Uh, it's this is about a boy in his balloon and a bunch of kids that want to beat the shit out of this kid because he's got a fucking balloon. Well, admit, it's a cool-looking balloon. And, you know, it's fine. Cool. It, it was cute. It's sentient. <laughs> it was. How about that balloon work? You know, they use a string, like a a piece of uh, um, fishing line or something that you couldn't see. But there was there was is that how they did it? Because I I don't know how. There were some shots where it looks like it was animated, and it looked like the reflection wasn't changing at all. Like I don't know. I felt like I was super critical during this fucking movie. That's okay. (laughs) It was just like I I watched it intently. Um, I assumed it was going to be uh, not a lot of speaking parts just because HBO Max didn't even have a fucking option for subtitles. And I was like, all right, so no one's going to talk. So that's good, I guess. Um, I don't know. It was cute. It was like, fine. But I just don't like three lines in it. 
Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, hold my balloon, or hey, Stay. balloon, you better listen to me. <laughs> like, and and the one guy's like, hey, get out of here, you you disruptor. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna him. have some words here in a bit, but yeah, I'd like to hear what Zach. What did you think of this movie? This film is one of the most uh, poignant uh, creations of the Christ allegory in film. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I on the on the surface level, you know, it's soup. It it's cute. I asked my boys to watch this with me because I was like, "Hey, I'm going to force you to watch the Red Balloon because I'm a tyrant." And um, but to their credit, they uh, watched it with me and and had some commentary as they're going and they got into it. Um, but you know, I think it's one of those movies that is really beyond what's on the screen. Cause we've got post-war France. It's very dark and gray and it's rainy and, oh, and God, it's, it's so beautifully <clears throat> shot. Yeah. It, I think that's one of the things too, like, you know, whenever we pop over to these, um, non-American films, not that, you know. Not America. Not that America can't have beautiful film. You know, you got John Ford and everything, but they just have a different view, a different way of shooting with the camera. That's uh, really creative, and you know. Um, but you know, the whole, the balloon represents hope, and we've got all these kids who were kind of born in a boom following World War II. So it's there's a lot of subtext and stuff that maybe isn't directly on the screen but that's why it was seen as something so beautiful and why it's kind of lived on um but i mean it is just a beautiful short film too and no i can't help but feel a little something every time that balloon ends up how it ends up yeah that's that's my first thought it's kind of devastating well paul (laughs) yes what did you think of this movie? Uh, this cool. It's beautiful. It, as Zach said, it's it's this story about hope and how holding on to hope a little too hard can often lead to disaster. Uh, but how those who continue to hope can be repaid in kind in the end. And for this to be so close to the end of World War II and this beautiful story to come out of an ocu- out of occupied France is it says everything like how how we have to shift our focus from truly one of the most devastating moments in history and we have to continue on like life has to continue on and hope needs to be part of that uh, uh it's yeah, this is yeah, this is this is a we, perfect 35 minutes. We look at, you know, like watching Marie Louise and, you know, children dying in bombings and buildings and homes devastated. And now you have little kids who they see, you know, how their parents are affected by it. And they see, I'm sure, you know, rubble and, and destruction as evidence, but they weren't alive during it. Um, it it's kind of a weird a weird moment in time where you got all the adults. Well, most of the adults in this film are so serious. And so about the rules and order and, and you can tell they've lost their sense of whimsy and imagination, especially the, the, um, like the school guys who are like, the, what the hell is this balloon? Get that thing out of here. And how, how the, how the trolley, uh, ticket taker 
won't allow the balloon. Right. Even though he's like standing on the back, he could just be holding the balloon off the back and it's not going to bother anybody, but that balloon's not allowed on there. God damn it. Right. <laughs> and, and immediately he brings it home and it is thrown out the window. Like hope is literally just thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. So I see all of your <clears throat> reading into this movie and it all makes sense. I really hope that when they made and wrote this movie that they really were just like, I just want to write a movie about a kid in a balloon. You know, I I think I think it's one of those things where on a surface level, you want it to be that. Like even as a filmmaker, it's like here's here's this little bit of whimsy that's gonna take up thirty five minutes of your time. Yeah. Like when when children like I said with Zach's kids watch this, when children watch this, they get to see a young man enjoy a balloon. And then they were like getting, you know, mad at the bullies and like, what is wrong with them? Let him have the balloon. And, you know, that's what you want to see. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, you, oh, oh no, what's happening? And, yeah. You want to teach that little bit of empathy where it's like, if I had a, if I had a balloon, I wouldn't want someone to pop it. So that I've spent all this time with this young man, like, I just don't want someone to pop his balloon. This seems to bring him so much joy and he's my audience surrogate. So it's bringing me joy. The one thing I was concerned about when my boys were watching, when all the other balloons started coming, they're like, it's war now. I was like, no, I don't know if that's, <laughs> they're going to come <laughs> kick the bully's ass or something. <laughs> but then, you know, when they lifted the kid up and they they literally like screamed when he lifted off the ground, they're like, he's going to the moon. And it's like, yes. Oh, that's so funny because when, <laughs> when this movie went into like the last minute, HBO Max is like, got to push it off to the side now because there's yeah. no end credits. You want to watch trip to the moon? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I saw that too. Yep. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> not right now but yeah i want to watch yeah. that yeah. i'll just yeah. <laughs> go listen to tonight tonight and watch the video we'll be good <laughs> um so and i went into watching this movie knowing that it was going to be allegorical and like there would be those deeper things but i i decided to watch the movie as i guess a child would mm-hmm. yeah as as it is a just child in his balloon and then you get into some weird shit so we'll start with what the fuck was the old guy locking him up in the room about was like he he reminded me like of the guy from Willy Wonka who ends up actually working for Willy Wonka and he's like it's just the best yeah Slugworth like I thought that you know like what like he was taking notes and shit like this guy knows like this fucking balloon is some weird like French CIA (laughs) bullshit like what the fuck's (laughs) going on with this thing and then locks him up in a room chases it and he's like ah fuck it get out of here kid (laughs) like yeah anything like you know that's that's one of those things where it's probably like a big cultural difference for us we just don't like we're not from france we're not from france in the 1950s that was probably just a form of punishment for kids who were being bad it's like you're getting put in solitary confinement (laughs) he was in school the balloon was outside that kid he pulled him out of school to lock him into a fucking room yeah and that was probably just pun like if if we were in France in the 1950s, we probably know exactly what that was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Probably just probably how they dealt with nuisances. Akin to go stand in the hallway, but you go go get in the lockdown. You know, the in-school suspension. Right. Uh, it would, again, it's something that's that's us. And if yeah. in-school suspension didn't exist 70 years from now, and sure. we were to make a movie where some kid got put in in-school suspension... Somebody be like, what? Why? Why? What is this? So going uh, back to the Christ allegory, you know, when, <laughs> when the balloon um, 
you know, the boy and his mother go to church and the balloon is like, fuck that. Get out here. I'm Christ now. Don't listen to the church. Come with me. So that's what this movie's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, that kid's straight up fucking dead, by the way. Like, I. Oh, you mean I, the balloon? Like, yeah, like that kid's fucking dead. Like, come on. They weren't. Maybe. It's like you would be like, all right, cool. The balloons are saving him from getting his ass kicked from the other kids because those <laughs> other kids are being shit. Cool. Now that balloon, they kept fucking going. Well, maybe the bullies actually killed him. That's why they were gone. You and... know what? And I was trying. I thought about that too, but I was like, no, I'm staying out of the allegorical. And be like, no, the balloons were just like one of us. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't know. This, this again. Uh, I'm just. I, I watched the film on a surface level and I got just, yeah. I, I got the whimsy from it. I, I'll admit, yeah. I, I enjoyed that part of it, but it just kind of, uh, I guess, once again, if you, if you dig deeper or if you look into it and I don't know, I mean, I haven't seen any interviews on this or read any interviews about it. If this was, you know, this did have deeper meaning. One can assume that it did. Um, and, and my hope would be, um, Albert Lamarisi when Lamarisse. I mm-hmm. sorry I don't know this language very well. I'm sorry to any French viewer listeners that we may have. Um but uh my hope is that if if he was interviewed about this, he just wouldn't say anything about it. Yeah. What does it what does it mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think? No, and that's fair. And 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 I and I could appreciate that, but I also hate the and, and the not by any stretch, the the two of you, but the people who look for deeper meanings that clearly aren't there. Like, what was that story of like the kid uh, at a college course and Ray Bradbury? This and he was telling him what Fahrenheit four fifty one was about, and he's like, "Fucking no, I wrote it." Like, what are you? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? When so I, I mean, a, uh, no, go you go ahead. Uh, when I was at VCU, we had um, right Clay McLeod Chaplin. Chap, Chaplin, Chapman. God, I cannot fucking speak tonight. Uh, we That's had him okay. come through and read some short stories for us, and his his book was part of our uh, was part of our syllabus. So you know, we had to go buy it from the store, and you know, there a lot of really good short stories and uh, little pieces. And uh, when we did a question and answer segment, he did a couple of a couple of short stories that involved mermaids, and somebody. I was like, hey, uh, so so why do you use so many mermaids? And he looked just absolutely dumbfounded at this question. Like, I, I don't know why you would ask that. But his, uh, his answer was just, I, I like mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's a beautiful answer. answer. <laughs> like, that's what I want. Like, I, I, I just, I really actually hope, again, that this film is just that surface level about a kid in his balloon. I don't know. I feel like that just, I think that says more than reading into it because it just kind of like, Hey, like you said, I mean, we're in a post world war two France, you know, shit's was not good for a while. Right. Here is some good until it's not because you know, fucking French, but I just, so did you, I have to praise the fucking movie for the most dramatic balloon death of all time. <laughs> like, God damn. It's, it's so sad. Because at first I'm like, all right, is that like water or something? No, it's, it's deflating. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> it just steps on. Yeah. <laughs> that fucker. So fucked up. Neo-Nazi punk shit. 
<laughs> so uh did you know uh, apparently i'm just learning now that albert lamoris invented the strategic board game risk fucking what <laughs> yeah and yeah he uh yeah that's what it says he <laughs> created the popular strategy game board game risk in 1957 originally with the title la conquête de monde the conquest of the world um yeah, and then he um, died in a helicopter crash in 1970 while filming a documentary in Iran. Jesus. What the fuck? <laughs> that, I, you, what do you say to that? <laughs> I, I, I have no way to process all this information I just learned. I know. So he releases this film, wins an Oscar, is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a board game. <laughs> <laughs> and then he made a sequel, a sort of spiritual sequel called Le Voyage in Balloon. It's about a kid who's fascinated with a hot air balloon. So, you know, maybe he just liked balloons. There you go. Maybe. Then, I mean, and, fucking yeah, Jules I mean, Verne loved him. Why, why shouldn't he? Right. I'm all about airships, so I get it. Airships pretty rad. Yeah. Well. But yeah. Today I learned. <laughs> so fucking wild. Right? <laughs> it's 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 also the amount of hours that I've put into a game that he's played compared to the 30-something minutes of this fucking movie that I am watching. <laughs> like, this fucker's forced like, all right, finally got a short film. Ah, oh, fuck, I spent hours on your work already. <laughs> Quite. The, I had no idea that he died so young either until just now either. Yeah, that's... So... Yeah. All right. Probably one of the reasons Tehran. why... Probably a reason too why you know it was it was acclaimed for its time, but it's probably one of those movies that yeah. come back with uh, with tragedy and time. Yeah, and you know not only not only did it win this Oscar, it also won the Palme d'Or for short films at Con. So, oh gee, I couldn't tell <laughs> by the first like three minutes of the fucking movie being every goddamn award this movie made. <laughs> they should really show those at the end so people don't have a preconceived notion. That's that's probably also fair, but I mean, yeah. if you're winning. If you're winning con, you need to brag about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Beautiful film. Whichever yeah, I mean, way you look at it. It's a good looking film. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, gents, do you have any more notes on the red balloon? A ballon rouge? Um, I think Pascal did a wonderful job in this. Film. Oh, yes. It's an adorable child with a little mop top haircut. Mm-hmm. Very influential haircut. The Beatles saw this movie and went, that's us. Yep, guys, guys, that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's all I really got. It's uh, it, this can also be viewed as a mafia film, you know, with the a hit on the red balloons and the others, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Paul, tell us about the library. Do you uh, think dude. the French movie's in it? <laughs> probably, probably not. No. Up front, yeah, no, it's <clears throat> French, so it can't go in. I'm sure this would have been a first balloter, though. If it were, uh, I'm sure it would have been, but, uh, we can, I can give you some films from 1956 that did get in. Okay. So, uh, how about actually, I'll just read down the list. Cause it's not a very long list. And I'm, and you know, this is the second time I've done this whole list on here. And we're going to start with a film that Jonathan's very happy about and was very happy about the first time that I read it. He already knows what it is. Yeah, you do. My brain the, pestle, is dumb. the pestle with the, Ah, yeah, the court gesture. <laughs> the pellet with the poisons within the vessel with the pestle. The palace with the chalice has a the chalice with the palace has a breeze. That's true. <laughs> court gesture. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shit, I should have watched that again today. <laughs> you should have. 
Uh, Disneyland Dream, a home film. Uh, Forbidden Planet, one of the great sci-fi films. Uh, uh, George Stevens's Giant, The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, another one of the great sci-fi films. Modesta, yes. uh, my one of my favorite films of all time, The Searchers. And uh, where did it go? Rounding out the second best religious film released in 1956, The Ten Commandments, since this is number one. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. That, that's that's all on 1956. All right. Okay. 57 has a much longer list, so I'll just be going back to reading the things next year. All right. Well, then let's get into our worsty judgments. And Zach. Hello. Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? So, you know, uh, when I first watched it, I was like, a movie with three lines of dialogue, one best original screenplay. But then, you know, the way Paul has talked more and more about screenplay involved with directions and, and it it must because, because there's so little dialogue, it must be all the written direction. And and then like the um, scenery description and all that. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem saying yes, although uh, this week, I also got to watch Lady Killers for the first time, which was a lovely film. I had a very good time with that. I I love um, the ending, how it just, you know, they've built up the whole time. Little old lady, the police never believe her about anything. So it's just like, well, she gets she gets uh, the payoff. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that film. Um, but, you know, I'm going to be the nerd here and say Lestrada is my favorite in the category. I think it's one of the greats. Um, I personally think that one should have won. Uh, but I'm not mad at the Ren Balloon winning. I'd like to see Julie. That movie looks really interesting. All right. Um, I didn't watch The Lady Killers. I was going to. You really I'm, I'm going to. I promise you. I will watch it. But I didn't get a chance to do so. Understandable. Sorry. That being said, I sure <laughs> like <laughs> I again is surface level no, but if if you you know open up your mind and go hey, there's more to this than what you're seeing. Yeah, sure, okay, I could see that. You guys brought up some valid points and things to think about. Um, sure, yeah, why not? I liked it, so we'll just say yes, Paul. Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Uh, I'm I'm just gonna fly out and say yes. Uh, I think anybody who could pack this much allegory and emotion to 35 minutes and uh, write down balloon flies behind boy and then somehow get that to happen 1956 on whatever tiny budget they have very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a lovely film and I. Can only wish that every short film that I get to watch is as delightful as this one. All right. Well, Zach, is this the worst best original screenplay? I don't think so. In fact, I've given it five stars because, of course, I did. <laughs> and it's my new. 
Well, I've got it at number four. I can't put it in front of, you know, on the waterfront, Citizen Kane or Sunset Boulevard, but I do have it at my number four. Uh, it's just, it just makes me feel good to watch it. You know, there's sad part, <laughs> sad part, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> overall, it's just visually appealing and, and I can't help but think about all the other things that are going on in France at the time and the world that was existing. So I can't really separate, you know, I can't watch it just on that surface level. Um, but uh, a quick mention, I, I do want to go back and watch this dream doll, which is apparently an animated film that's similar, except it's an inflatable nude woman. So that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I will be catching that one. I'm sure. <laughs> and okay. I know I've seen Don Hertzfeld did uh, Billy's balloon, which is a parody, but it's been so long. I can't remember it. So I need to watch that again. Cause I love him. Hertzfeld's so wonderful. He is. So that's, uh, uh, yeah. Number four, five stars. Lovely. All right. Um, I don't think it's the worst. Don't think it's the best. I was just kind of, I had it at a spot that was really low. And then I looked at it and I was like, all right, my rating system is based on replayability. And of all the movies that I have under this now at number eight, None of them am I going to watch ever again because they're longer than 38 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have it at number eight. And I think that's a de- deserved spot for what I think about. I think I'd, yeah, that's a good spot. Number eight. Paul? Um, this is not the worst. I'm in the same place as Zach. I have this in my number four. It's a five-star review. It is not. Above on the waterfront, Citizen Kane or Sunset Boulevard. I did put it over Marie Louise, though. Across that wall. That, that was quite a wall. And it's over the Lavender Hill mob. Mm. Um, difficult for me. I love that film so much. Um, but uh, I think this is poignant, and I think it's important. And I think people should watch it, because it is an easy, easy watch. It is that. Unless you make it not so much. Yeah. If you're going to be a bitch about it, then uh, shut the fuck up. No, I mean, I just think you can sit there and you can, I mean, break this film down. I mean, you, you can you can think about this movie while you're watching this movie. Simple enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is where we are going to call it. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikToks, and the letterbox at Alternative Squarecom. I didn't watch shit. This week, I'm still two weeks back, I think, or at least I will be on Ahsoka. So I need to catch up on that shit. Mm. But uh, yeah, Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. I actually did watch some stuff this week in addition to this. I watched Lady Killers, like I mentioned. Um, I watched the first two episodes of Castlevania Nocturne, which is... Oh, yeah, I did catch that. Oh, I haven't finished it yet. I'm enjoying that, you know. Um, just it's not as good as the first one, though. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm feeling so far. But, you know, the animation's got me. I, it's, I, yeah. Uh, I also watched uh, Bottoms, which I... Oh, I still need to watch that shit. I really liked, but I'm I'm finding, oddly, that I'm having a harder time with comedy films. Like, I... I think I like being amused more than I like the in your face jokes. Like I, the funnier things to me were the stuff that was like happening in the background. Like when they had that one, <laughs> that dude like in the cage in the classroom, I was like, that was like one of the funnier things in the movie to me. 
but it was super entertaining and when um like marshawn lynch was the, like the only person realizing like things were insane <laughs> a lot of the time was <laughs> funny juxtaposition anyway good movie i liked it. i i chuckled and snorted at my nose quite a bit uh i also watched the wonderful story of henry sugar <laughs> jonathan's eyes roll again which was amazing dev patel is so handsome oh, so, so handsome i uh me and the wife watched something the other day i can't even remember what it was and that came up and i had not even heard of it and I was like, this is some Wes Anderson looking bullshit. What is this? And then he gets to the end. He's like, from di- uh, director Wes Anderson. I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. Okay. That makes yeah. Sense. He's got what? There Are there four total things? I need to watch the other ones. There, there... There's there's three. There's uh, The Swan, The Rat Catcher, and Poison. Okay. So I need to watch those three. And which I will do. And they're all only 17 minutes. Right. So that's what I did. Uh, yeah. Great stuff. Mr. Workman. Um, okay. Tentatively, I'm going to go back to saying things that I have watched because at this moment, as we sit here, we are days away from the WGA voting on whether or not to, to accept the terms from the producers and in the strike. So by the time this is released, we may, we're going to know whether or not that has happened. So, uh, in anticipation of that the wga coming off the strike i'm going to talk about all the things i watched this week because i actually watched quite a few things as well uh the sag is still on strike sag will probably still be on strike for a few more months and we stand in solidarity with them and we hope that that comes to a quick as quick a resolve as possible but i feel like that's going to come in Mm. gonna have to come into line now that they have agreed to wga's terms Gotcha. So, so I'm I'm doing this out of hope and positivity. I'm holding on to my own red balloon. Yes. So, let's talk about the things that I watched this week because I watched Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken, which was delightful. I like that film a lot, and uh, the letterbox reviews that I've seen for it. You people need whimsy in your life. This <laughs> is a delightful film. It's very sweet. It is very rote. It, it follows so many of the the same children's films cliches that we have seen, but I thought that they did things with them that were very interesting, and I liked it. See Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, watch it with your kids. Okay, uh, it's it's great. Uh, speaking of movies that I watched with my kids, we we watched Blue Beetle this week. Ooh, yeah, I still need to catch that. I am. It's it's on my Plex. Um, I am very mad this movie didn't make a billion dollars. No, very, very fucking mad. This movie didn't make a billion dollars. It was excellent and had a lot of very pointed imagery about the way that Latin people are treated in this country. Oh, they're very uh, not so subtle microaggressions being thrown at the characters in this movie. Okay, very not so subtle macroaggressions being treated about the way that Latin people are treated in this country. It is amazing. And, um, oh, I always forget his name. And I feel bad about it. The the young man who plays Jaime from Cobra Kai, uh, Zolo Maraduina, is so fucking good in this movie. He should be nominated for an Oscar. I don't 
think I'm being hyperbolic about that. He is excellent in this film. This movie rules. It should have been the biggest superhero hit of the year. I'm saying that knowing that Spider-Verse is still my favorite superhero film of the year right now. Mm -hmm. I just think this should have made more money because it would have made a bigger statement. Uh, That being said, uh, I watched the movie Hidden Strike starring John Cena and Jackie Chan. (laughs) That was very amusing. It was exactly the movie I thought I was turning on. I didn't get anything more than that, and I'm very happy with it. Nice. Uh, and then I watched four other amazing short films this week from official director of the podcast, Wes Anderson. Yes, that we all three made, voted. We all we, three voted on this. It was it was unanimous. <laughs> like I, I I have to ask, and feel free when writing your five star review later to add, uh, tell me if you can actually hear my eyes roll. I, it made kind of a scraping sound, so I was a little concerned. Yeah, I, I, that's fair. I, yeah, to get that checked out. I thought maybe I thought maybe you were scooting back in a chair. Anyway, so official director of the Oscarsity podcast, Wes Anderson, is on a level that nobody else is on. And these four f- short films prove that immeasurably. Yeah. He is doing things with storytelling visually that nobody else can touch. And he, he and Roald Dahl just they just mm. yeah. And I wish I wish it was it felt better to know that Roald Dahl was a good writer because he's a he was an anti-Semitic piece of shit. Mm. But what Wes does with his work is second to none. Nobody else is able to touch this in that way. And the way that he just completely breaks down the fourth wall between like, Oh God, Henry sugar itself blew me away. I, I think that's one of the most phenomenal pieces of filmmaking I've ever seen. And then the swan, the rat catcher and poison are all just one on top of each other. Just the, the perfect trio to follow that up because he is doing so much with design. He's doing so much with the way he uses everything in his little bag of tricks that he has amassed over the years. He has put into these three little short films and he's doing it with completely, uh, almost a completely new cast of characters that he's never worked with. Right. Because Cumberbatch is incredible in all of these. Dev Patel, as you said, one right. of the most handsome motherfuckers that ever existed is incredible. And Richard Iowati, how has he not been in anything Wes Anderson has done until now? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's like built for it. He's got the nat- natural uh, neuroticism and everything. It's like... he's, and his deadpan is just second to none. Yeah. Like, the fucking work that he did on the IT crowd. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so shocked Wes Anderson didn't see that and go, I'm here. <laughs> and then, That's mine. <laughs> mine? And then you see the movie Submarine and you're like, oh my god, he's just doing Wes Anderson. Mine? <laughs> mm-hmm. Submarine reminds me so much of Rushmore and it's such a great film. I haven't seen that. See Submarine. <laughs> I mean, I... Iowati's not made a bad movie, but Submarine is. Uh, and that's it. That's what I watched this week. Yeah, because I really haven't logged a whole bunch this year or in this past month that wasn't movies for the podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good week for watching stuff. 
Yeah, I need to, I need to watch more stuff. I do too. I think I might make this a movie week. It sounds like just watch I, movies over the next seven days. I need to catch up on my 2023. I think I think I'm close to ten, so I uh, I can beat next year or last year rather. Okay, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. I just added a few things, or I'm currently adding a few things to the Plex as we talk. Ooh, nice. Um, Zach, I downloaded a movie for you. No, you know what? I can talk to you about this when we're done recording. Try <laughs> <laughs> leave all that in. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Hey, Zach, now yeah. that we've talked about everything else that was in this movie, uh, what are we watching next week? Are we watching a 90s sitcom? No! It's the film Designing Woman, which you can watch on Max and some other places, but it's, a, it's available on Max. Must have just added it. Must have. Wait. Let me look again. Is it, oh, shit. Did they take it out already? I was saying because I, I tried to find it a couple weeks ago and it wasn't anywhere. So. I, oh, no. I think it might have been said Max on the list or something. Uh, okay. Well, you can rent it on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, or YouTube. So we'll see what we got. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm, I'm glad I said something. Then. Thank you. All right. Well. With that, hey, we'd like to thank our producer, Trav, from our sister podcast, Leveling Up, Benjamin Banks, uh, for producing the show. Yay! Yay! Uh, We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our mid-section theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarsie Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us be seen in the almighty algorithm. Five red balloons. I'm not going to sing the song because that's Paul's joke. Yeah, my, my letterbox review of this movie is just I miss the balloon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. Thank you. So, for Jonathan and Zach and Nina, we'd like for you all to have a good time. Thank you.